Welcome to Puritan's Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 10 of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow. Device 3. A third device and policy of the Prince of Darkness is ceasing to tempt or after some short conflict to feign a flight, not from necessity, but from design. It is said in Joshua 8, 15, that Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before the men of Ai and fled by the way of the wilderness. But it was to draw them from their fenced city into an ambush they had set to ensnare them. Among other strategies, which Brasidus in Thucydides calls the thefts of war, Satan often uses this one, pretending a flight that thereby he may better steal a victory and bring unlooked-for mischief upon those from whom he seems to fly. Parisiensis says that this one is of all his snares and wiles, the most dangerous because, as he designs it for evil ends, so it seldom fails to succeed. Few observe whether his flight is pretended or real, whether his ceasing to tempt is out of skill in order to some hidden design or out of constraint caused by the resistance of faith. I shall therefore endeavor to show what Satan aims at in his seeming flight, how to distinguish it from that which is real and forced by the firm opposition which faith makes against him and the victory faith obtains over him. First, by this policy, he seeks to infect and swell the heart with pride which to keep down and destroy is one great end of God's allowing his people to be tempted. Pride is a sin which it is hard to kill or to starve. So suitable a soil is the heart to nourish it above all other sins whatsoever. And so apt is every occasion to make it put forth afresh. But nothing more quickens and actuates it than greater achievements. It is Tacitus's observation. Renowned generals are puffed up with success, especially against an enemy of repute and eminence. And is there any adversary who can contribute more to his glory, who puts him to flight than the great dragon, that old serpent called the devil? and Satan. Is not he the prince of the air and the god of this world? Are not his territories full of captives whom he has miserably enthralled? Has he not more vassals than Christ has subjects? Must it not then be a matter of just glory and triumph to defeat and overcome him by whom such multitudes are vanquished? But as he who strives must strive lawfully, so he who glories must glory lawfully. 
which must be in the Lord, in the power of whose might he is made strong, else his glorying will be both his sin and snare. And this Satan so fully understands that in the heat of a temptation, he makes certain cessations and unexpected retirements on purpose to deceive by the vain hopes of a supposed victory. And are not many by this deceit lifted up, as if their conflict were at an end, and the field wholly won by them? Do they not pride and please themselves in thinking how they shook off that infernal viper with as much ease and as little hurt to themselves as Paul did the viper that came from the bundle of sticks and fastened on his hand? Do they not slight others? who complain of long and sore temptations with which they are buffeted, as if they sprang rather from the weakness of the tempter than the power. Oh, when men thus set imaginary crowns on their own heads, how unlike are they to those holy elders who cast their crowns before the throne of God, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And how like unto him whom they think they have foiled by being tainted with that sin of pride which cast the angels out of heaven and condemned them to be reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Second, by this art, he seeks to induce a spirit of security and to possess the heart with vain presumption of a future peace and freedom from his assaults than which nothing can prove more fateful to a spiritual warfare. That saying of Epicharmus, remember to distrust, is more useful counsel to none than to a Christian when not frowned upon by the world, nor molested by Satan. For changes will come both from the one and the other. The world will prove to be a false friend, the devil a true tempter. After three sharp repulses given him by our Savior, he departed only for a season, Luke 4.13. And can we expect that he will be beaten out of heart and made a coward by us? When resisted and put to flight again and again, he will return, if not to conquer, yet to vex. But nothing will more hasten his return than a drowsy security. That is the season which he watches for. That is the end of his ceasing to tempt and his seeming departure. And when he finds us, like the men of Laish, living careless and at ease, Judges 18.7, then he smites, not as the good angel did Peter to awaken him, Acts 12.7, but to kill and destroy as much as in him lies. Then it is that he sows those noxious tares that come up afterwards to the prejudice and hurt of the good seed, Matthew thirteen twenty five, 
Then it is that he comes and brings seven worse spirits with him, making the last state of that man more miserable than the first. Luke eleven twenty six. Let none therefore please themselves in a sinful ease and rest from temptations as if the work were wholly done when in truth nothing is done but let them look how they come by it and examine whether it is not a practice of the enemy rather than a reality whether it does not rather spring from a ceasing of the tempter to stir than from a victory obtained against him. How to tell the difference between the one and the other is the next particular that I am to descend unto. To find out, therefore, the truth of the one from the imposture of the other, I will set down briefly these three rules. Look what means and ways of resistance have been used to put Satan to flight. Have instant prayers been made to God? Have the goings out against him been in the power and might of Christ? Has the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, been set against the motions of sin and the pressing instigations of the tempter? What is it that has at any time been done to put a period to the conflict? As Livy said, it is a folly to believe that by sitting still and naked wishes, enemies can be conquered and overthrown. Victory attends the diligent and industrious, not the slothful. If then temptations vanish and disappear, we know not how, and no account can be given of the calm and peace that we enjoy, as the fruits of prayer and other means used for obtaining it. We have cause to be jealous that the freedom and rest we have is but an artifice of the adversary to make us secure, and thereby the more easily to ensnare us. None are sooner vanquished than he who fears nothing. Whenever Satan is really bested, sin is wounded. He is never put to flight, but lust receives a mortifying blow, for the fight is both made and maintained by faith and other graces of the Spirit, which carry in them a more immediate opposition unto sin than unto Satan. It is the great work of everyone who is begotten of God to keep himself so that the wicked one touch him not, 1 John 5.18. Not that he does not tempt him, but that he does not defile him by any assimilating touch. And this is the only way by which a believer can be said to both resist him and overcome him. We cannot kill the devil nor in the least weaken his power. But as we mortify lusts, which are the matter that he works upon, and the less of it he finds in us, the less able he is to hurt us. If, therefore, a temptation goes off, and the heart is not set more against sin, so as to loathe and hate it, which is interpretative murder of sin, as well as of our brother, 1 John 3.15. So as to pray and watch more against it, we cannot well conclude our rest and ease to be good when it wants grace as its companion and the quiet fruits of righteousness 
as its evidence. Hebrews 12:11. When the wicked one is overcome and driven to flight, there will abide upon the soul a lively sense of so great a mercy. This will then manifest itself in a deep apprehension of those treacheries and deceits that the heart abounded with in the hour of trial and a self-abhorrence for them in a humble and thankful acknowledgement of strength and power from Christ, whereby it is unable to fight a good fight and to obtain a happy victory. The heart will carefully treasure up the experience it has had of God's faithfulness in its greatest straits, in a timely preparation and laying in of spiritual provisions for another encounter, knowing that its warfare will not be completed till it comes to heaven. These and such like effects are the issues of those temptations in which Satan is put to flight. And the ground of it is because it is done in the exercise of those means and graces of the spirit as always leaves the soul in a better temper than it found it. That was episode 10 of The Wiles of Satan. Mm -hmm.